Mojave Beach Productions. And now, Jeff's World with Jeff Evans. I have to believe that just about everyone has had a family pet of one kind or another. My parents had cats, dogs, and even a minor bird. As a child, I had hamsters, but only one dog, Topsy, a black cocker spaniel my mother named. Now, I have an idea where she got that name, but I'm not going to go there as that's uh, another story entirely. When I got married and after the birth of our son, we thought maybe a dog would be a good thing to have to round out that all-American family persona. We bought a ragtag terrier mutt and named her Gretchen. Can't remember exactly why we named her that. Our son was only two years old, and he and Gretchen got along great. We used to tether her with a leash to our front porch so she could get some fresh air and take care of her business, as she was a little high-strung and wouldn't come when she was called. One afternoon during one such tethering, I went out to bring her in, but much to my dismay, a neighbor's poodle was introducing Gretchen to motherhood, if you get my drift. Cars slowed down as they drove by to view this spectacle and voiced their disapproval as they assumed this canine union was planned by their respective owners. But in the end, Gretchen had five beautiful pups, which she delivered all by herself while I was attending computer school in Columbus. Next came Snoopy, another terrier mix that had somewhat of an attitude, but I really liked that dog. Because of his pig-headedness, I enrolled him into an obedience school. The instructor had two Doberman pinchers and had very high expectations of Snoopy's failure in her class. Every time she got near us during her class, Snoopy would growl and raise the hair on his back. I worked and worked him at night, and by the time the last class came around, I was still apprehensive for the final exam. There was one part of the exam that really had me worried, the hands-on inspection. At this point, the instructor came over to your dog, moved her hand down the dog's back and legs. Well, I stood Snoopy erect on all fours, held his leash tight as she began her inspection. Snoopy's eyes rolled to the back of his head as not to let her out of his sight. He shook slightly but held his ground beautifully. The instructor finished her inspection, stepped back, nodded, and with a smile handed me a roll of paper towels. Snoopy succeeded with the test, but left a puddle of nerves beneath him. Snoopy had been gone a while when our daughter got the puppy fever. My wife was working for a real estate company whose owner's son just happened to have a fresh litter of beige cocker spaniel pups. I knew when my wife suggested that we just go look at them that we wouldn't come home empty-handed, and we didn't. We came home with Max. Now Max was the typical awe-getter, and as a puppy he would ride on my shoulders in the car. Max was a good dog. He liked adults tolerated teenagers, but he didn't care much for babies. He would allow us to humiliate him by dressing him in holiday costumes such as felt deer antlers during our annual Christmas party, but one of his bad habits was his yearning to investigate on his own. We installed a chain-link fence to keep him close to home and for our own convenience. On one particular occasion, however, he attempted to break the rules. I accumulated aluminum cans at the house and would periodically take them to the local metal recycling facility. I would crush the cans and put them in a large trash bag and then drive them to the recycler just outside Athens. Since our daughter's Mustang was the last car in the driveway, I threw the bag into her trunk and decided to see if Max wanted to ride along. Oh, Max loved riding in the car. 
I snapped his leash to his collar and off we went. It was a warm day, but instead of running the air conditioner, I decided to roll both windows down, and like any true-blooded dog, Max put his front paws on the windowsill and stuck his head out of the open window with his ears blowing in the wind. Now, knowing Max's reputation, I picked up his leash and I wrapped it around my hand several times to keep a tight rein on him while driving with my left hand. The drive out to the recycler took about 30 minutes, so I kept a close eye on Max as he strained to get as much of his body exposed to the blowing wind as possible. Everything was going well until I heard a dull thumping on the right side of the car. I checked the dashboard for any warning lights and saw nothing. Uh, maybe a tire was low. Oh, but the sound wasn't steady or in a pattern, so it couldn't be a tire. I continued to ponder the possibilities while the thumping continued. Now, having limited automotive knowledge, I decided to let it go for now and glanced back over to Max, only to find the source of that annoying sound. His leash, still attached to my hand, was pulled taut, and Max was nowhere to be found. I followed the leash from my hand to the door and out the window. It was Max, hanging by his collar, hitting the door on the outside of the car that was making the thumping sound. I hit the brakes and jerked the car to the right and off the road. We came to a stop with one resounding thump. I unbuckled my seatbelt, slid over to the right seat, relaxing the tension on his leash. I looked out the window, and he looked back up at me. He was coughing, and I swear his eyes were protruding slightly. Oh, my heart was pounding, and I can't imagine what the drivers behind me must have been thinking. How could I possibly explain this to the ASPCA or PETA? I opened the door, and Max slowly climbed back up on his seat. I returned to my seat behind the wheel, and we both just sat there for a few minutes. I looked over at Max, who was shaking and looking back at me. I rolled both windows up, turned on the air conditioner, and, well, we drove the rest of the way with the windows securely shut. Several years later, our daughter graduated from Georgia Southern University and was ready to begin her teaching career, but a brutal diagnosis of cancer interrupted her life. Although curable, she had to face months of chemotherapy, nausea, loss of hair, and fatigue. She had her good days, and she had bad days. But through it all, Max was by her side. He slept with her and spent days lying on the couch with her. Friends would come by to visit, but no one contributed more to her recovery than Max. People say animals can sense these things. Now, I believe that too. Our daughter recovered and left home to pursue her dreams as our son had done before her, and now it was just my wife, me, and Max. As he got older, he began to have some problems. We took him to the University of Georgia's veterinarian hospital to have him checked out. He was diagnosed with a blood disease that his breed rarely contracts. We discussed options such as blood transfusions, etc., but the cost would be exorbitant. He went downhill rapidly and never returned home. When I went to see him, they had to carry him to the visiting room as he was too weak to walk and had several tubes inserted in his now frail body. When he saw me, his tail wagged slightly and he panted more rapidly. I cried most of the way home. Animals are funny creatures. Other than staining your rugs and killing your grass, they have a way of contributing to a family in a way that no human can. My wife and I have decided not to have any more pets. We travel back and forth to our kids' homes, and quite frankly, we really don't want the responsibility of finding alternate lodgings for a pet, and to be perfectly honest, 
I'm not sure I could say goodbye to another member of the family. Max was special. Oh, he was no Renton Tin or Lassie, but he was there when our daughter needed companionship. He was there to entertain our friends by sacrificing his dignity by wearing holiday ornaments on his head. He was there to run errands with me. He was just there. Even now, remembering him makes me both sad and smile, and I think it best to just leave it at that. Mojave Beach Productions has brought you Jeff's World with Jeff Evans. Mojave Beach Productions. I just want to take a moment to thank you for soaring with us on the wings of imagination as you listen to stories we're having so much fun creating for you. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment to subscribe to Mojave Beach Productions on your favorite podcast app. And thanks a million.